Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Saul Weinreb, the host of the podcast, and we are about to begin the study of chapter 10 of the first book of Kings, that is Malachim Aleph, Perak Yud, and in which we are going to read the story of the Queen of Sheba, the Malkat Shiva. At the end of the last chapter, we described Shlomo's trade relationships, and we described his wealth, and we described how he established a port in uh, a lot which uh, through which ships were able to leave trading throughout the Red Sea area <coughs> and possibly out into the open ocean his reputation having spread far and wide it would make sense that uh, the queen of a faraway kingdom in Shiva which or Sheba which is most likely somewhere in modern day uh, Yemen or possibly Ethiopia <coughs> area that would have been accessible by ship and Shlomo's reputation would have spread far and wide uh, to those places. Uh, and the, w- as a result, she would have heard of his greatness, his wealth, and therefore decided to embark on a journey to visit him and see if he truly is as great as was being said about him, as his reputation. <coughs> the, um, until this point, Shlomo's uh, kingdom is being described consistently with grandeur and splendor and wealth. And that's going to continue in what we're about to read. And curiously, we are going to um, not hear any open criticism in the verses uh, telling us, you know, of, of, of any criticism of this wealth, despite the fact that anyone studying this would be familiar, anyone reading this would be very familiar with a certain chapter in Deuteronomy 17, which I want to read for you now. Because it's only in this context that we can truly understand what's going on here. It's, it's actually, there is no other place in the Torah where wealth is described in such detail and in such seemingly glowing manner as if this was some great achievement. Usually, we understand that, that you know, wealth is... is, is um, you know, bounty, you know, having uh, fruitful fields and good rain and so on is good because it enables us to serve God, enables us to live comfortably. But here it's described with such greatness, like like almost with admiration, to an extent where it almost starts to bother you. Like, why is this, why is this being stated as if it's some sort of a value? Why is this something great at all? Um, and I want to read to you Deuteronomy 17, and then you'll understand that what the Torah, what the prophet is really trying to teach us here in the, in the book of Kings here is not really about how great Shlomo's wealth was. There were many great kings in history, and even at this time we'll find out soon the Queen of Sheba and how wealthy she was. It's trying to set us up for his failure. It's trying to show us how all of this great wealth and greatness led to the failure of Shlomo HaMelech and ultimately the split of the kingdom. So that we should learn not how great this was and not be impressed by it, but rather how dangerous it is to engage in, 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 this, in this kind of uh, accumulation of wealth. Not that it's necessarily bad, but more often than not, it leads in the wrong direction. Um, so we should, it, it's being described in this way, and, and my... In, in, in my opinion and in the way I read through these verses to make us feel uneasy, not to make us feel impressed, but to make us start to worry. 
where is Shlomo going? Where is he setting his priorities? Until we see that our fears will unfortunately be realized, <coughs> things will go south. But this episode of the Queen of Sheba occurs when he's at his height, before it goes south, when he's at his height at a time <coughs> when his wealth was being used properly and he was being a just and righteous king. And we're going to see that. And then immediately after this episode, we start to see the cracks begin to widen and things begin to fall apart. Now, just a warning here so he, uh, that God gave in Deuteronomy 17. And when it tells us, this is verses um, uh, 14, uh, 15, uh, 14 through about verse um, uh, 20 or so. And this is important in context because the, these... What we're reading here is really a, a um, uh, it, it assumes that you know what Deuteronomy said so that you should be worried when you read this. And you can't really read this cha- these chapters of Kings without knowing this background from Deuteronomy. So here goes. Kisavol, arts, when you come to the land that God, that God has given you, you'll inherit it, you'll settle the land. Martin, you're going to say, I want to make a king. Like all the other nations have a king. I want a king. Right? Remember, <coughs> this is what happened in the book of Samuel. Saul and David and so on. God says, go ahead and appoint the king. That God will choose him <coughs> from your brothers and so on. <coughs> and then it says in the next verse, <coughs> Rock, however, lo yar belo susim, he should not have too many horses. He shouldn't return the people to Egypt, leman harbot sus, in order to accumulate more horses, right? Because when you need to accumulate horses, you have to breed them, raise them, find places where they have them. And Egypt is, was in the, at the time a major uh, supplier of horses to the world. And God doesn't... Um, you will no longer go back to Egypt. What would, what's wrong with going back to Egypt? You're going to send people back there. They're going to settle there. And of course, the underlying theme is that you're going to start to learn from their ways, start to become like them, and you will lose the entire purpose of having had your independent kingdom, which was to spread the special knowledge and the special way of God. And he shouldn't have too many wives. Because... And then he will, his heart will not stray because if he has too many wives, his heart will again be influenced to go in the wrong direction. And he should not have too much gold and silver, not too much wealth. And then, but what should he do? When he sits on his throne, he should write down this book of the Torah on a scroll in front of the priests. Um, uh, the, of the Levite family. And the Torah should be with him and he should read it in his entire life. So that he should learn to fear the Lord God. To keep the, all the words of the Torah and these laws to keep them. The key is so that he should not become arrogant. He should not think he's better than his brothers. That he should not turn from the commandments that I am giving you, not to the right or the left. And in this way, he will have a lengthy kingdom. He will sit on his throne for a long time. He and his family among Israel. And right now, that is what it said in Deuteronomy. That's what God's instructions. <coughs> We're at that point right now 
where Shlomo is continuing David's um, kingdom. And, and God had promised Shlomo, if you stick to the rules, if you play by the right playbook, you and your descendants will stay with the kingdom. And we're reading how now, certainly we've read how the Kesef is the of the gold and silver, how Solomon built those up. And it makes sense when the Queen of Sheba hears this, and she hears the message of God. Now remember, Queen of Sheba is a very um, wealthy person herself, as we're about to read. If you understand this, we can begin to understand what, this, what the importance of this episode is. The Queen of Sheba is now wondering, and I'm, I'm saying this, um, you know, as a suggestion, as a way I read this, a way I understand it. Of course, there's many ways to read the story, but um, this is what I'm suggesting. The Queen of Sheba is thinking, how could it be that he can be so wealthy and still <coughs> be a just and righteous king? How could he be, have so much riches without abusing his people, without rum levavo alachav, like we said in Deuteronomy, without having his heart think he's better than everyone else? How could that be? And at this point in Shlomo's kingdom, Shlomo had just built a temple. He had not yet taken a turn for the worse. And here comes the Queen of Sheba. Let's read verse 1. Umalkat Shiva, the Queen of Sheba, Shomat et Shema Shlomo Shema Adonai. This is where I see the hint. She heard the news about Shlomo in the name of God. In other words, she learned not just that Shlomo is a wealthy, powerful king. There's plenty of wealthy, power, powerful kings around. That's not so, I mean, okay, maybe he's more wealthy, maybe he's more powerful, but that's not something remarkable. What was remarkable to her was that she heard in the name of God that, that and we'll see later, that she understood that God understood for those two things that we've read about in all of the prophets consistently over and over and over again, the two words that sum up the mission of what a God-fearing person and a God-fearing leader is supposed to have, which is tzedek umishpat, justice and righteousness. She heard that Shlomo was not only wealthy and powerful, but he was also just and righteous and a good king. And she came to test him out with riddles. Now, some people, there's all kinds of stories and understandings of what these riddles are, etc. The point here being, according to the way I'm reading this, is it doesn't tell us what the riddles are, but what she wanted to do was to see, is he truly just and righteous, or is he just a wealthy king, just like anyone else? So she came to Jerusalem with a very... Um, um, a uh, large retinue is the way it's usually translated. A huge entourage of uh, gimalim with uh, camels, nosim bisamim, that were carrying uh, spices, vizahavrav ma'od, and a lot, much, much, much gold, the heavenly Korah, and precious stones. Vatavoel <coughs> Shlomo, and she came to Shlomo, to Solomon. Vatitaberi love. And she said to him, Eitz kol asher hayoim And she spoke to him all of that which she had in her heart. In other words, she asked him things, and it deliberately doesn't tell us what exactly it was she asked him. And I'm imagining, just like almost every medrash and almost every commentary imagines the kinds of things that she would have asked him. But whatever it was, she was asking him questions, and this is how I'm understanding it. Questions to feel him out, to see, are you truly intelligent? Are you truly wise? Are you truly tzedekamish but just and righteous? Do you truly have um, uh, allegiance to your God that preaches mitzvot, the commandments that one should be, that one should be someone who does not uh, 
uh, rule arrogantly over his subjects. And she asked him questions, and Shlomo uh, told her, answered her, all of her questions, all of her issues. There wasn't a single thing that the king did not understand or know, that he did not tell her. In other words, every question she asked, he was able to answer. Every concern she had, he was able to respond. She was able to see that he was indeed <coughs> not just any other powerful king, but also a truly wise king. The queen of Sheba saw all of his wisdom and the house that he built. So the first thing she saw was his wisdom and, and how what kind of a good person he was and the house that he built for God. And then she also saw the wealth as follows. The food on his tables, Umoshav Avadov, and how his um his servants, the members of the court would sit, Uma Ahmad Mishar Sov and the uh the uh, service uh, uh, of the of the the stature of his servants umabushehem and their clothing their uniforms umashkov and what he drank the olato and the sacrifices that he brought in the house of God and she had no longer she was uh, any breath at least she was left she was breathless with awe over what she saw. Now, I, well, the way I'm reading this is it wasn't just that she was breathtaking by the, uh, by the wealth, which she was, but by seeing this wealth and still seeing how good of a person Shlomo was. Remember, this is at the height of Shlomo's career, a height where he had not yet taken a turn for the worse, right? He had not yet been corrupted by his wealth. So his wealth was being used properly. And this to her was incredible. Vatomer el Hamelach. So what did she say? It is true, this thing that I heard all the way in my land, regarding your words, and your riches. I mean, I'm sorry, and your wisdom. This deliberately does not say I was that which I heard about your wealth, right? Because that, she believed right away. She's not saying, oh, wow, I'm now impressed and I see your wealth. Remember what she's bringing, camels laden with gold and, and precious stones and, and so on, spices. She knows wealth, right? But that I heard, that despite all your wealth, you were still able to be a wise and good person. I heard your words. I see how you deal with your people. I see what you do. I didn't believe this. I figured, you know, he's just like any other king. He's a powerful guy that with brute force, you know, takes away things away from the people below him. So he's wealthy. He's powerful. Until I came and I saw with my own eyes. Not, what I heard wasn't even half. And he's not referring to the wealth and the gold. But what I heard about your wisdom, he didn't even hear half. Right, you have added even more wisdom and even more vatov here, more goodness. It could mean the goodness of the things you have is one way of understanding it. I think it actually means goodness here. El asher shemati over what I had heard, right? That <coughs> it what not that I saw more wealth, but I saw more wisdom. I saw more greatness than I had even heard about. This is what impressed me. Ashrei and Ashecha. Blessed or praised are your people. Ashrei avodecha ila. Praised are your servants. 
how fortunate they are. That stand before you all the time. That can hear your wisdom. <coughs> and then he says right away, she says, continues to say a prayer or a blessing. May the Lord your God be blessed. <coughs> that he desired you to place you on the throne over the people of Israel. It was with God's for everlasting love for the people of Israel, and he made you the king. Um, he made you the king in order to bring about and to to administer mishpat, justice, utstaka, and righteousness. Those are the key terms that she picked up on, which is the hallmark of of Israel, the hallmark of the Torah, and the hallmark of the goal that God wanted of his people, and she understood that. So this, again, is what impressed her. Not the wealth and, and the grandeur, but the fact that the, with all that wealth and grandeur, he was still able to remain focused on Mishpat Utsudaka. Then, she made him even more wealthy by giving him a great gift. 120 Talents of gold, uvisamim harbemiod, and much spices, vievan yikaran, precious stones. There never had been this many spices um, as, as much as the Queen of Sheba had gave, given to the King Shlomo. Vigam, and not only did he have the wealth from her, Vigam oni chiram asher nosa zahav me ofir, the ships of chiram that were carrying. Zahav gold from Ophir because those ships were able to travel to this place called Ophir uh, had brought even more gold than what she brought. Ophir also had brought this almog wood. Exactly what this wood is is not clear. It's translated often as sandalwood, but it's a very valuable, special wood. A lot of this wood and also more precious stones. So his his um, <coughs> wealth was so much. And the king made used the sandalwood. He used it as a way to decorate the house of God. Apparently, the almog wood is is very uh, precious and used for sculpting it and carving it. So they made wood carvings <coughs> that decorated the Beit Hamikdash, the temple, and the, the king's palace. And he also used it to make musical instruments. For the singers and the and those that played musical instruments, this kind of um, amount of of this almog wood had never been had never arrived had never came to to Jerusalem had never been seen like this until this time as what happened here, which was brought by uh, Hiram's uh, ships, Hiram's ships. So now, Bamelach Shlomo. He gave to her whatever it is that she had asked. And if, curiously, it does not say anything about what exactly it was that she asked. <coughs> Clearly, giving her back, just to trade, giving her back gold and spices would have, wouldn't, have been, wouldn't have made sense. But something that's special from, <coughs> from Jerusalem. Now, what it sounds like here is, um, is that... Uh, and 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 is that it doesn't identify it because what she came for was seeking wisdom. She came for seeking something new, seeking a a type of 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 lifestyle, a type of 
thought, a, a religion, which teaches this wisdom that one can use wealth properly, one can use it for the right purposes, one can achieve greatness through tzedek mishpat, through justice and righteousness. This was the great uh, thing that she ab- attained by coming to Jerusalem. She came seeking wisdom. This is called Asher Allah. This is what she had asked, and that is what he sent her back with. Giving her wealth wouldn't have made sense. What he gave her was what she came to seek. Aside from gifts that Shlomo gave her, right? And then she turned and she went back to her land, she and her servants that had accompanied her. <coughs> now this concludes the episode of the Queen of Sheba who came at the height of Shlomo's kingdom. He came, she came at a time when one could look at all of this wealth and still see Shlomo before he became corrupted, before the wealth got to him, so to speak, which we're about to read. We're going to read a little bit more about Shlomo, the grandeur and splendor, and it's going to start to bother us more and more and more. Why all of this grandeur? Why all of this splendor? Why all of this wealth? And will Shlomo fall to the temptations that we were warned of in, in the book of Deuteronomy, in the book of Devarim, where God warned us, if you take too much, if you get too involved in this wealth, it's going to take you south. It's going to take you away from the appropriate mission. It's not going to happen yet, but it's going to happen soon. But hopefully, I'm looking forward for you to join me in studying the second half of this chapter 10 together, and of course, the rest of this beautiful book of Kings together. Have a wonderful day.